Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is a Rose Bowl Monday on the Steve Jones Show. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. And whether you're looking to buy a brand-new car or the pre-owned vehicles, the sales staff is there for you, not just there for the sale. And a great service department ready for you for the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance. And those awesome technicians, well, they're looking for more to join the team because that's just how things go when you got the place full of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. They're looking for more technicians to work in the quick lane, car light truck service, heavy truck service, body frame and alignment, and towing departments. So whether you're an experienced technician, an entry-level technician looking for your first job, or someone looking for a career change, they would love to hear from you. Stop by in person, apply online at sunburymotors.com, or you can call Todd at 286-7746. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Monday show, brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com, home, auto, life, business, RV, boat, motorcycle, you name it, they have it. The true pros, pros, and insurance matters. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Monster Monday, as we celebrate another Rose Bowl bid for your Penn State Nittany Lions, first since 2016. They'll take on Utah. We'll have the game right here on WKOK. Monday, January 2nd at 5, with the tailgate show beginning at 3.30. As far as we see it as of now. So looking forward to that. The Reading Eagles' Rich Scarcella will join us at 335 to give us his perspective on all this for the Nittany Lions now going forward. And then at 406 today, very special guest, the Hall of Famer, former Philadelphia Eagles coach, Kansas City Chiefs, and L.A. Rams coach, or St. Louis Rams coach at the time, I guess, Dick Vermeil joins us at 406 we're very excited to have him on with us so we're very much looking forward to that and of course we'll get into the football 
weekend in a second. But first, a lot of baseball to get into as we start the show. As the Phillies have made a splash, and they get their man that they've been looking for all offseason long, pretty much, to add to that lineup. And that is one Trey Turner. He is now officially a Philly, signed to an 11-year, $300 million deal. So you've got two double-digit year, 300-plus mil contracts now for Dave Dombrowski, John Middleton, and the whole Phillies front office with Bryce Harper. And, of course, he gets his man in Trey Turner, dating back to their days with the Nationals. And so now you've got a lineup with Trey Turner, JT Real Muto, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, who especially came on late in the year for the Phillies and during the playoff run, and, of course, uh, Reese Hoskins, too. So this is quite an undertaking signing here for the Phillies as they continue to add to their lineup and their team off a World Series appearance last year. So that is a big one for the Phillies, and it just adds to what they have right now. So that's a big one there. And the Mets in the division also made a splash today signing Justin Verlander to a two-year 86 million dollar deal so lots happening in baseball right now still waiting of course on what Aaron Judge is going to do the Yankees reportedly of course we talked about this last week briefly have offered him a 8 year 300 million dollar deal so we've got that going on now getting back to the Rose Bowl just for a sec this is just a, a tremendous opportunity, too, for Sean Clifford. I mean, given all he's been through, and we won't have to rehash everything, of course. We've talked about this ad nauseum all year. But... Okay, what's ad nauseum now? What, what, what is your issue now? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that I'm just, I'm just really happy for <sighs> Sean Clifford that he gets this opportunity to finish oh, off his I career. He, oh, no I one deserves so. this more than him, honestly. He is. He's worked hard. And I think everyone knows how highly I think yeah. of Sean. I'm so. so happy for him. Yeah, so he gets to do that. Um, it's a big day today on the show. Yeah, let's um, so let's get to yeah, Dick Vermeil's on the show. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's in the next hour, right? Yep. At following following one Rich Scarcella, so that's a pretty good lineup. So we got Rich. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so believe it or not, we'll leave with baseball. Yeah, uh, we're just Phillies, breaking it down with the Phillies. Yeah, um, they get Trey Turner, 11 years, $300 million. Um, I would assign Xander Bogarts, to be completely honest with you. Uh, if I'm looking at free agent shortstops, I would assign Bogarts. I would not assign Trey Turner. Trey Turner is a good player. He's not a great player. Uh, you got, and he's going to be 30 years old next year. That means this contract takes him to age 41. Obviously, the idea behind this is the Phillies who got the Game Six of the World Series. The feeling is uh, is that I'm sure they're thinking this will be one of those that helps put quote us over the top, right? Uh, I think Turner hits mediocre pitching. 
Turner, to his credit, hits bad pitching and mediocre pitching really well. Because, look, to be a good player, you're gonna, you have to hit bad pitching, mediocre pitching. You have, to, you have to be able to hit it. It's the mediocre players that struggle with bad pitching and mediocre pitching. So he um, hits mediocre and bad pitching really well. Here's the problem. He doesn't hit great pitching well. He does not. He is okay in the field. He's not great in the field. And he has terrific legs. He can no doubt he can run. He is an upgraded shortstop for the Phillies. I think my guess is Bryson Stott will go to second base. But um, if this were a short-term deal, I'd be, oh, wow, okay, great. But it's 11 years, $300 million. I know he's buddies with Bryce Harper. I think this is a good signing. It is not, to me, an over-the-moon signing. There are better options out there. I'd have gone with Xander Bogarts. He would have been less money and maybe a better player who, by the way, has two rings. I mean, that's just me. I mean, it's actually good news for the Red Sox that Turner got signed by the Phillies because the Red Sox are trying to keep Bogarts. But, I mean, that's how I look. I think he is a good player. He is not a great player. Uh, he is an upgrade at shortstop. No question. All right? Uh, he is an upgrade on the team, no question. He hits mediocre to poor pitching. He crushes it. He does not hit good pitching to great pitching very well. He's got great speed. He is a good shortstop, but he, to me, in the field, he is not one of the upper third shortstops in Major League Baseball. So, I mean, that's how I look at it. it um, obviously, I feel like I've disappointed you. Not my team. Yeah, your team's about to lose lose Judge, so. Um, no, senor! No, senor! No, senor! It'll be interesting to see what the Dodgers do, by the way. Let's see what they do now that they don't have Turner. Now let's flip it and go to the Verlander. Verlander goes to the Mets two years, $86 million. Yikes. This is for a guy that's about to be 40. Really? And to be honest with you, is like is no better than an okay postseason pitcher. Yeah, he finally got that World Series win. Did he pitch well in the game? No. <laughs> the game he finally won, he really didn't pitch that great. He and Scherzer don't get along. So now what you have are two 40-year-old pitchers at the top of your rotation? To me, that is a little dicey. How about that? That's a roll of the dice when you have two 40-year-old pitchers at the top. Just an opinion. Again, you may completely disagree. And they lose to Grom. But DeGrom gets a five-year deal with Texas. Sandy Alcantara of Miami, who is an outstanding pitcher, right? He, he really is. He is outstanding. Through 228 innings this year, do you realize DeGrom has thrown 224 innings in the last five years? 
Yeah, that to me was the biggest head scratcher of every signing. But again, your your Texas, and this goes back you know, a long time ago. Now the Rangers, of course, went, have gone to the World Series twice in the last twenty years. But go back twenty years, and you know, or thereabouts, when they signed Alex Rodriguez to that gigantic contract. When you are desperate, you will do desperate things. And right now the Rangers are desperate. Bruce Bochy's now their manager. They really needed somebody they felt at the front. Lighter's not ready yet. Uh, Rocker's not ready yet. And so they wanted to get somebody at the front. This guy, if he makes 30 starts this year, I'll sit back and go, hey, I never expected that. But he, he he's third, also 35. So there's been a lot of money thrown around so far. And I think the best signing is Turner to this point, and even that I'm not totally enamored with. I just thought there were better options out there. That's just me. I mean, if you're a Phillies fan, you're probably overjoyed. This is great. What an upgrade. And it is an upgrade. Please, don't confuse what I'm saying. It is an upgrade. But really look at who you have. Okay, When you really look at who you have, right? you have a guy that it's mediocre to poor pitching and is tremendous. Does not hit, does not hit really good pitching well. And what do you face in the playoffs usually? Better pitching. Uh, is okay as a fielder. He's good. Not great, but he's good. And his legs are a big part of what he does. And that, that is tremendous. The problem is your what's his, what are your legs going to be like when he's 36 to 41? Because this is an 11-year deal. Just some thoughts. They may not match up with yours. And that's perfectly fine. That's why we all have thoughts. That's why we refer to this segment as Deep Thoughts with Matt Cotrillo. <laughs> me, I'm a Carlos Correa guy. Correa's a good player. He plays well in the clutch, the whole deal. But the price tag on him may be gigantic. Yeah. Um, that's why when I was talking about signing for less money, that's why I didn't throw Correa's name in there. Correa right. would cost more money. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk about the bowl thing in a moment. We'll get Rich Scarcella on as well. Thanks for your interest in the show today. We appreciate you so much as we continue. On News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of 
from your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. Jack Frost has put a chill in the air and Santa is on his way. As you take time to celebrate the holidays with your family, let our family make sure you're protected from the unexpected. From all of us at Purdy Insurance, may this holiday season bring you and your families lots of love, joy, laughter, and peace. I'm going to check the picture of that of that Rose Bowl game played 100 years ago, make sure Sean wasn't in it because he's been playing football at Penn State <laughs> for a long time. And he's maximized that entire experience. And no, I did not announce that game. <laughs> no, you did not. Just, just so you know, I did not. All right. This will be 287 that- for you and Jack, but we're not that far. No, not that far back yet. Um, I, was, I was talking to Todd Kolka this morning, Penn State's chief academic advisor, and he and TK comes over. And he, I was teaching class, and TK was over in the Borland building at the time, and he pops in. He says, "I want to tell you right now." He says, "There are only two guys here who have gotten the last four from Penn State: him and me." <laughs> I said, "That actually is true. We're kind of it." Uh, but look, it's it's a business trip. Looking forward to it very much. I was asked about this last night. I was interviewed, and they said, what are you going to do out there? I said, the game. Uh, I did go to the Rose Parade once. I did. I did go in 2008. And it was terrific. It really was. But the one in 16 and now this one, it's, you know, now it's all, all I've gone to the parade. I've done that. It's something I've checked off. You go to the parade, you'll thoroughly enjoy it. You really will. But I will tell you that on my part, this is all business. So, Keaton Slovis is going to leave Pitt. He's transferring out, but Phil Djurkovic, Phil Djurkovic, Boston College quarterback, has transferred to Pitt. DJ Uyungalele is going to leave. Clemson is in the transfer portal. Eric All is leaving Michigan, the tight end. Cade McNamara is already gone to Iowa. So there you are. It's the opening of the transfer portal today. Good news. Lawrence, the chief. Greg, they've all said they're staying. We're all aching to see one name in that transfer portal. All of us. And he won't do it. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be, RV, they'll take great care of you and make sure you get the best price. 
and that you're fully insured. It's all with the great professionals at Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. The first ever Rose Bowl game that was played in this stadium involved Penn State. No, I did not announce it. Joining us now is Rich Scarcella from the Reading Eagle. My friend, welcome. Great to have you with us. Make sure everybody knows this. I was not there either. I just want to make sure everybody knows. In, in January 1st, 1923. I, I didn't make it. No, we were not there. All right? So no. we just want to at least confirm that. We're still checking with Sean. We're still checking with Sean Clifford. All right. So <laughs> whether it's, whether he was there with Mike Palm or not, and Hugo Bezdek, and Hugo Bezdek. Uh, so what were your thoughts, uh, Rich, uh, on how it did play out? Because it just looked like for a week now that was that was going to be the game. Right, Steve. The only the only thing that would have really prevented that from happening was if. Purdue somehow managed to upset Michigan in the Big Ten title game, and and Purdue played a really good game, uh, but they just don't have enough to, to beat a Michigan right now. And so, yeah, I, I thought you know what we word began kind of leaking and filtering um, in the in the media room at Beaver Stadium right after the Michigan State win. Um, so I, you know, I, I I love it because yeah, for selfish reasons, um, I to me it is the it is one of the great venues in all of sports, and you know you and I have been lucky enough to have covered three of them, and to cover a fourth just is um, I just feel so lucky and so blessed to do so. So I'm, I'm very from a selfish viewpoint, I'm very happy for for Penn State. It's a really big thing because. You're playing in a high-profile game against the Pac-12 champion, and you are the only game at 5 p.m. Eastern time on January 2nd. That's it. And so all the eyes will be on you. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a huge, huge win uh, for the Penn State football program. Um, it's a great way to... To, to end a rebound year after the last two seasons and to do it against a really good team in Utah. In Utah is really good. I will say this. USC's defense did meet my expectations. I said, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, said going I think I, said I heard going somebody anywhere. say today um, I, I would call it poor tackling, but that had nothing to do with tackling. And and that is the truth. I mean, it was really hey, nothing to take, not taking anything That's away right. from Utah. Cause I, like I said, right. Utah's a really good. good team. But my goodness, um, yeah, I think USC. Uh, we, we all knew that their their defense was vulnerable. I really didn't know it was that bad until seeing them against UCLA and then seeing them uh, last week against USC. I mean, against exactly. Utah. Exactly. Uh, there are certain seasons that are championship seasons, Rich. And then for me, I look at certain seasons as important seasons. Like in 67, Joe's under 500, boom, then they go on that run. You know, I, I felt like 85 was like that, 93 was like that, 2005 was like that. I thought 1980 was an important season. I looked at this season as one of those important seasons, and they ended up 10-2. and two. 
What is your viewpoint on that opinion? Can't, I can't agree with you more. There's another season I'll throw in there. It's 1993. Um, yes. After yes. A, a really... <laughs> really turmoil-filled year in 92, the yes. last year as an independent, and to go out and, and go 10-2 and two in the first year in the Big Ten, I think that helped set the stage for the 94-12-0 season. And yep. um, I, I just think that, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Because, you know, everybody was down on Penn State outside the state, but even within the state, uh, after going 11 and 11 the last two years. And I think this was a very, very important year uh, for the program, for James Franklin. Uh, we know that he signed a new contract to, and is going to, you know, has a new 10 year contract. You know, I've heard people say, well, he's comfortable. I'm like, no, you could tell this was a very important year to James Franklin, and he was very intent. Um, on getting to double digits once Penn State lost to Ohio State, double digit wins once um, Penn State lost to Ohio State. So yeah, I can couldn't agree with you more, Steve. And it might pave the way for these next two seasons when the expectations are going to be a lot higher. Right, and because this is an interesting team. Yes, it is a team that has Sean Clifford, PJ Mustafer, and some older players. But there are so many freshmen that contributed. How do you look at the balance on this team between the classes that they have right now? Well, let's start with the senior class. And 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 James has said this uh, multiple times. Great, great senior leadership. And the three guys I'll uh, mention are the ones that I think have had the greatest impact. And no particular order. Sean Clifford, P.J. Mustafer, and Jair Brown. I think all three of them, in their own way, has have been very, very strong leaders. Um, very, um, you know, serving as a as a really good liaison between the coaches and the players. And I think that's been critical. Um, then I would go to this freshman class, which we all know uh, a year ago they were, you know, rated very high, and you know, but but there have been classes before, not just at Penn State, but elsewhere, that are rated high by the recruiting rankings. But once the season started, well, you, you can see the talent uh, in this class, whether it's Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, whether it's Abdul Carter, uh, whether it's Denai Dennis Sutton. I mean, like I go down the list. This is a, this has the makings of a very special class, and Penn State couldn't have got to ten wins without either the seniors or the freshmen. Right, exactly, and the, you know, and then the guys in between, obviously. That I felt like this freshman class. When I look at the top programs, I think there's a couple things that distinguish them. You got to be obviously good in the trenches. We got that, but I also felt like depth has played a big factor. And that I felt this freshman class changed Penn State's depth quotient, where if something were to happen, like an Olu Fashanu, you had a Drew Shelton that could step in as an example. I just felt they changed the depth on this team and got them on par with other programs. Right. I mean, that was always the wow, that was always the, the, the reason given for Ohio State having an edge over Penn State is that Ohio State's depth was so much better. Well, it's clear with this class that Penn State has is is closed it again, closed that gap, 
and needs a. I mean, you, the, the big thing is you can't afford a down recruiting year, and um, with the portal and you know, there's obviously it's a very active day in the transfer portal today. Um, you know, you can you can add to your depth and you can be stronger. You know, you added a Hunter Norzad who obviously played a very has played a very pivotal role in the offensive yeah. line success. You added a Chop Robinson who's a, a premier pass rusher and. You, and it just filters down, and you have a lot of depth. And I agree with you. I think that's one of the secrets behind this Penn State defense is it's so deep. And and why <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw my opinion in here. Why it didn't get the credit it deserves in the All Big Ten voting. You know why Joey Porter Jr. was the only uh, All Big Ten first team defensive player when. Jair Brown and Kalen King had every right to be on that team. And I think it's because the numbers are down because they're not playing 60, 70 plays a game. You know, there's just so much depth, and I think that's been a big plus. You could see it in November how Penn State was just so much fresher than the teams that they played. Yeah, no question. Did the college football playoff committee get it right? I think so, except I would have put Ohio State third and TCU fourth, and not necessarily to match them up with Michigan. I think Ohio State, if you're looking at those four teams, and to me they are the clear top four teams, I think Ohio State is better than TCU. And I think they wanted to avoid a semifinal meeting, and that's why they kept TCU at three. Yeah, I I agree with you because, I mean, I am not big on – on point spreads or odds or anything like that. That's just not me. But let's be honest about it. If Ohio State is playing TCU on a neutral field, who's the favorite? Right. No, there's no... I mean, Ohio State is a better team. That doesn't mean they would beat TCU. Things can happen, you know, once the game starts. But to me, um, I mean, TCU at four would have been the right thing to do. I think, I mean, if you're ranking, if you're asking me how to rank the four teams in the playoff, it would be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and TCU. But I I don't, that's not a big um, quarrel with it. I'm glad that they didn't move a two loss Alabama team into the top four, um, or a two loss Tennessee team for that matter, Uh, especially after what happened to Penn State in 2016 with the two losses that they, they were stuck at fifth. Um, so, no, I think they got it right. How about you? Do you think they got it right? Yeah, no, I do. I think they got it right. Um, you know, do I think Ohio State technically should be three and TCU four? Uh, technically, yes, but realistically, no, because TCU was undefeated through 12. Yeah. And Ohio State was not, and TCU risked a 13th game. And right, to me, right. that, 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 to me well, that should come into play. Well, here's the question that we'll never know the answer. We can guess. Who do you think Georgia would rather play, Ohio State or TCU? TCU, TCU no yeah. question. And, no and no here, question about it. it. it yeah. And yeah. if I'm Georgia, this is one area that does worry me. It's, a, it's three and a half weeks, a little bit more than that, till you play the game. Suddenly out of nowhere, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams are both going to get healthy just because mm-hmm. of time. And I think that changes Ohio State's offense because now you'll have – the home run hitter a tailback you desperately need. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I and I think I think Ohio State was really stung by that second straight loss to Michigan and I think they're gonna be hungrier and have and they're gonna play like they have something to prove. And especially you gain those two guys, you know, add add them back to the offense. 
uh, they're a very, very dangerous four seed. Yeah, I, I agree. Very dangerous four seed. Uh, when it comes now to Penn State, the matchup with, with Utah, as time goes, when are you planning on getting out there? Uh, have you gotten that far yet in your, in your thought process about about <laughs> yeah, getting out that, there and how that, you do that's it? That's always a good question, Steve. Um, yeah, I I uh, I throw the dice and right, you know, late in the fourth quarter, Saturday night or what? I don't know, it might have been Sunday morning for all I know. It was, the game was so long. Uh, I booked a change it, and uh, I'm headed out on Wednesday the twenty eighth. Um, my son lives in Los Angeles, so oh, I'm it's it I, I'm going to go back on the same flights as he's going back on on the 28th, and then the first media availabilities uh, the morning of the 29th. Uh, and you know, Rosewood does such a great job, and everything's early in the day. Uh, you know, especially for those of us who who have publications on the East Coast. Um, so it, yeah, I'll be out there on the 28th, and and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, the earliest I can get out is the thirtieth. I got a game the afternoon of the twenty ninth, and then um, and then I then I've got to go from on the third. I got to go from L A to Detroit. I got a game uh, at Michigan on the fourth. Uh, so it's actually, yeah, it's a fun time of the year for me. I'm enjoying well, well, every yeah, second. Yeah, I know. Of this. I remember talking to you <laughs> after the Rutgers game, and I, I completely forgot that you had a basketball game to get back to uh, <laughs> down in Carolina. So. Yeah, you, I don't envy your schedule, that's for sure. No, I made it with ease. It's fun. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm not digging ditches, Rich. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I tell people, too. The same thing about me. I, you know, I, I'm very, very lucky to have the job I've had for I, so long. I mean, I'm going to sit at the Rose Bowl, and yeah. I get to announce it. People consider that a privilege, <laughs> okay? Yeah. So, yeah. That's, I mean, that, yeah, that I happens. can't wait. I, I, I'm, you know... Um, you know, for for the people out there, and you know this, Steve. The last time Penn State was in the Rose Bowl against USC, which was just maybe one of the the best games you're ever going to see, uh, the weather was not uh, exactly nice. Uh, it was very overcast. Uh, I think it was misty early in the day, and uh, we didn't get to see that beautiful sunset over the San Gabriel Mountains. So I'm uh, hoping for good weather this time. Yeah, same year because it was really cloudy that day, and there was yeah. low clouds, you know. And so you couldn't really you couldn't see the top of the San Gabriel. So yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, I know we'll talk between now and uh, the game itself. So even though I'll always wish you happy holidays, but it's you know, I know we'll be talking before then anyway. Thank you so much. Appreciate every moment I talk to you. Same here, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Take care. You bet. Rich Scarcella, Redding Eagle. Always does a fabulous job. We'll come back. Dick Vermeil next half hour. Eagles won yesterday. I'll tell you, Brown played great, didn't he? Yesterday. You, sir, are my hero. And the delivery, I mean, Jalen Hurts, the accuracy with which he is throwing the ball is just marvelous to watch right now. I mean, that second touchdown, you can't get any better than that. You just can't. I mean, just a great touchdown pass uh, to Brown uh, where he just put it, like, just dropped it in the bucket on perfect coverage, by the way. I mean, really, perfect coverage. The DB for Tennessee does not do anything wrong in that play. None. Zero. None. I mean, what does he do wrong? He's just 
Perfect throw, perfect catch, great play by all three guys, and it turns out that two of them were Philadelphia and they won it. Then the other one where he plowed through them, you know, they can talk about the, you know defensive pass interference all you want. He plowed them. Okay, so, sorry. <laughs> I'm like sitting there like, and what? And this is a general comment on the NFL. Why was that a personal foul when Hertz went to the ground in the backfield? What was that about? And I saw this in another game, too. Like, I know it's the quarterback, but the Tennessee guy didn't do anything wrong. He didn't spear him. In the NFL, you're not down till you're touched. This guy's diving in there, and he didn't spear him. That's, you know, like, I know they want to protect the quarterbacks. I got it. And what other game was I watching yesterday where I sat back and went, really? That's the call? Because it was the quarterback. So it doesn't matter if it's Hurts. But what the heck was that yesterday? Of course, you thought it was a great call, so you're like, "Yeah, they got it." No, that that one, I thought that was that was the Eagles no. definitely got away with one there. Well, they didn't get away with anything. It just he just made a bad call. Yeah, no, that was the. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they got if the, the Eagles. The Eagles didn't do anything wrong where they yeah. got away with it. Yeah, okay? they got a gift. Is what was, I meant to say, yeah, right, they they ended up getting the benefit of the call, uh, but. But there was another game, too. And part of this, I was watching Red Zone yesterday. And it's same thing with the quarterback. I was like, okay, I don't. What am I missing here? I mean, I don't want a quarterback to get decked like Cam Rising did in the Utah game with USC Friday night. And, and that wasn't a penalty, by the way. But man, he got smashed. I mean, his helmet came off and everything. And of course, he's, you know, he. Acted like nothing happened. I got to give him credit because he is a tough kid. Um, but like, I don't want to see that. But like the two examples I saw in the NFL yesterday, I'm like, guys, don't over officiate this thing. Don't overthink it. That's just me. Right. What was that Jack Lambert quote? <laughs> Did he say something about putting quarterbacks in dresses or something like that? I'm going, okay, it's not that far. Now, you know what? For example, Lamar Jackson got hurt yesterday. He got hurt. That's the biggest concern if I'm a Philadelphia fan. Hurts is so clever when he runs, and he's so quick, and he doesn't take direct shots. You just got to worry that you know, like the more it happens, the odds close as to when one of those shots could occur. How about that? Yep. One hundred percent. So I think that that is a that that, but that's a concern for any quarterback. I mean, for any quarterback, that's a concern. I mean, you, I mean, look at Jimmy Garoppolo; he's out for the year now. So now they've lost Trey Lance and Garoppolo. Right now, Brock Purdy's their quarterback, and they might sign Baker Mayfield. Kind of hoping the Eagles will get Mayfield. No. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Just kidding. By the way, Deshaun Watson yesterday was terrible. This is my surprise face. No, I mean, I'm not surprised either. I'm, I'm saying no offense, but I'm like, good. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I can't. Same here. I'm sorry. I, I'm, the per, I'm, I'm a person that gives everybody second and third chances. I always have been like that.
That's why I'm still friends with the suit. All right, so, <laughs> but that's always been my nature, and I can't conjure up anything in this case. I'm sorry. It's not like one, two, whatever. I mean, I, you know, I don't, but 25 is a big number. Something's wrong. I mean, like, really wrong. All right, we'll come back more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Hey, good news for you. The Yankees just made a big signing. I'll have to check. <laughs> Brian Cashman signed through 2026. Oh, I did see that, yeah. They found money for him. Yeah. Well, actually, I consider that a good thing as far as Judge is concerned. I don't know if he gets that if he lets Judge walk. They don't know if he's walking or not. Jackson Smith and Jigba out of the college football playoff. 